0: But to be the man, you gotta beat the man, and I'm saying, woo, right here. I'm the man. You're gonna be mine, woo! All sports, all the time. Uh. There's heroes and there's legends.
1: Heroes get remembered. Legends never die.
2: This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown!
0: Kansas City! Man with freaking balls, baby!
2: Now, uh, let's talk some sports because that's what we're here to do.
0: You are tuned into The Spoken. The Spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell.
2: This is The Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside The Spoken Studios for episode 59 with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And Eddie Ortiz.
3: What's up, man? You gotta say yo, 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 man. You gotta gotta give the people what they want, (laughs) Eddie. It's been too long, man. It's been long. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah!
2: All right, we got our guy back. We got our guy back. We're we're glad to have you back in the studios. guy, am I back? Oh yes, He's that's, a hologram. A, that's the question we have to ask because according to my sources, Eddie's actually in his quarantine cabin yes. right now. Is that correct, Gat? I, I think this that's is, the we got we got Gat in the back doing our uh, this is factual. doing the real work. We're just sitting here three dipshits talking some sports, or at least <laughs> trying, trying to.
0: Yes.
2: As always, we want to thank all of our listeners, uh, all the people that are watching on YouTube. We want to thank all of you guys, uh, whether you're on iHeartRadio, whether you're on Spotify, Apple. Uh, podcast wherever you guys are listening want to thank you for taking this time because we love this and i hope that you guys love it back because that's what it's all about to have some fun and continue to talk sports even though the sports world is on a complete emergency break as it currently stands mm. um but let, let us begin because there's something that i had tweeted out a couple of weeks ago actually a little over a week ago and it's something that i definitely believe and i'm going to get right to it andy Reid is the best head coach in the nfl That's right, you heard exactly what I just said. But in case you thought you heard something else, I'm going to say it again. Andy Reid is the best head coach in the NFL. Ric Flair famously coined the phrase, to be the man, you got to beat the man. It's a saying that has not only lasted throughout the decades in wrestling, but has been something that people oftentimes use loosely in the entire world of sports. And that's because in most cases, it's the truth but not in all you see us chiefs fans will forever remember Andy Reid now as the head coach that led us to greatness that took us to the promised land that brought us the Lombardi trophy back to Kansas city for the first time in 50 years. But there was an Andy Reid before this, a Philadelphia Eagles, Andy Reed, one that from the jump didn't waste any time succeeding, winning at least 11 games in his five of his first six seasons as a head coach. Andy showed the NFL that he was a man worthy to take on the challenge of leading a bad luck riddled franchise that was in desperate need of saving. In 2004, Andy took the Eagles to their first Super Bowl appearance in nearly 25 years. Leading a team stacked with talent from top to bottom, the Eagles were built to win a championship. But the man of his time stood in the way of what Andy sought out to do and become, and that was Bill Belichick. I don't want to give you guys the details, and I don't think I need to give you guys the details of what took place in that matchup in that Super Bowl, but for those still in their teens and don't have internet access or NFL network access, Belichick and his team were victorious. And from then on, there's been little to no debate as to who the man was. Going on now with three more Super Bowl victories, appearing in six more in total, Bill Belichick was the man, and no one could dethrone him. That was... Until I took it upon myself to question the consensus agreement. To rage against the machine, if you will. You see, billichick has always been the GOAT to me until I decided to play along with the way people hold and held cheating over athletes. From Barry Bonds to Lance Armstrong to Tanya Harding, allegedly. Once the term cheater is placed upon an athlete, it's damn near impossible to have it removed. No matter what they do afterward, if fans decide to never move on, neither, neither will the narrative. And it forever discredits their accomplishments in the eyes and minds of the consumer, fair or unfair, agree or disagree. That's just how it is. It should be no different for coaches. In fact, it should be even more critical for coaches. I don't know how, dis- how, how despite the fact that Belichick and Brady, for that matter, have built a dynasty upon the backs of countless cheating scandals, yet still are praised and acclaimed claim as the quote-unquote goats of what they do. Very few push back the, ne- the notion that there has ever been anyone that could and can coach like the hoodie. And again, I have been one that's been in line with this way of thinking and believing. But how much cheating is too much? When does it begin to count against him? How much do we know it helped or didn't help? Do we know the extents of said cheating and how long it's gone on? For far too many questions arise from the life and legacy of Coach Bilichek for me to ignore it any longer. Meanwhile, Andy Reid has kept a steady ship and unlike Belichick, has had real success and without before a superstar quarterback graced him and his team and most importantly has accomplished what he has without a single cheating scandal. Look, I wasn't one that felt that the Dodgers should have gotten the 2017 World Series Championship from the Astros, even though... I know the 2017 Astros absolutely cheated out the Dodgers of that said World Series championship because to me, what's done is done and it cannot be forgotten. But that doesn't mean that we place the likes of Belichick and the 2017 Astros on the same pedestal that they would have had had they never cheated. In fact, we shouldn't. Legacies must be tarnished and discredited once an unfair advantage factors in. And again, we may never know how much or how long unfair advantages benefited Belichick and the Patriots. What we do know is it did benefit them. And that to me forever discredits the greatness of a head coach. But back to Andy. During the era of Belichick and the cheating scandals, Andy did this, and Andy committed zero cheating scandals, a fuck ton of wins with mediocre quarterbacks. Managed to fleece the Cardinals with a trade that involved Kevin and Antonio Cromartie, and a second-round pick. He managed to make Alex Smith look like a good quarterback. Got to an AFC Championship with Bob Sutton as his defensive coordinator and Orlando Skandrick as an actual player on the field. And went to a Super Bowl without an all-time great quarterback. Can't remember Belichick doing any of those things. I have been someone who has been insanely critical of Andy Reid, in-game's decision-makings, and have still stand by every single time I do so. I mean, shit, you can go look at my Twitter account and find him. I haven't deleted any of them. But the results are there. And once he's finally had a great quarterback, the worst that Andy Reid has done is finish in an overtime loss in the AFC Championship. And as the Bill Belichick Patriots dynasty ends the Andy Reid Chiefs dynasty has begun. There's a certain rare purity when it comes to Andy Reid, his career, and how it's all played out. Yes, Billichek has had a sturdy advantage on Andy in the head-to-head record at 7-3. and three. But am I not supposed to maintain consistency in the questioning I raise and how much did the unfair advantages or what we'd like to call the acts of cheating benefit Billichek in those matchups? We don't know, at least not today. But what we do know is that Belichick benefited from them. Otherwise, there's no reason for the risk. I don't know how much longer Andy Reid has left in him as a head coach in the NFL. I don't know. And honestly, I don't care to guess. I don't even care to know. Because all I do know is I, because all I need to know is that Andy Reid is the man. Andy Reid is untarnished. Andy Reid is the best head coach In the NFL. Andy Reid is ours. And I'll go to battle with Andy. For Andy. As long as he chooses to battle. And for the rest of the 31 head coaches in this league. Including Belichick. Take Ric Flair's advice. Very seriously. Because the man resides in Kansas City. And he has the best player in the world. Leading his team. Good luck. And we're going to take a quick break. When we get back. We have our guy, Arrowhead Pride's defensive analyst, Craig Stout, going to be joining us on the line. So be prepared for that, guys, because I'm telling you, this, this dude knows his football. We'll get back to that after this. Okay, okay, Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City themed clothing and accessories with a countercultural apparel. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at Common Brand on Instagram or Facebook. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Spoken Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. it's good and Eddie Ortiz. So as I told you guys coming back from actually finishing off the first segment, I told you guys that I am very excited about our next guest, a guy that I have been trying to get on the show for the longest time. And he just keeps dodging us for some damn reason. Our guy, the defensive analyst from Arrowhead Pride, our very own friend, Craig Stout. Craig, how are we doing tonight, brother?
0: Hey, we're doing fantastic, Glenn. Thanks for having me on.
2: Absolutely. See, we've had to have Kent Swanson on the show four times to get Craig on once. <laughs> so I'll speak for I'll speak for all of us when I say that we're willing to go through that again in order to have Craig back on the show. So Craig, hey, we want to listen. We finally got the Ken, guy we Ken's wanted.
0: A superstar now. He's on TV. I yeah. mean. He, he's, he's big time. You guys had to resort to me
2: it's because you couldn't get Kent. That's <laughs> look, what this is. Look, man, you don't you don't have to make the face appearances to be famous. So, that I for me, that you're like the Led Zeppelin, and and, and Kent's like the Kiss. Yeah, you he's, know part, what I mean? he's part
1: of the bald brotherin, so it's all right.
2: Yeah, he, he, he <laughs> has to he has to do all the glitz and the glam. And I guarantee you, Kent was wearing makeup on that that interview. So I, I can't I oh, can't definitely
1: definitely. 100%. How did that yeah. nose? Well, f-
2: first and foremost, man. I, in all seriousness, Craig, I, I want to ask you how how are you and the family holding up in this challenging time, man?
0: Hey, we're holding up. Um, I am lucky enough to still keep working my job from home. So I'm very fortunate in that regard. Wife and daughter are here. Everybody's staying healthy. Everybody's staying good
2: on my end. I love hearing that, man. I'm very glad to hear that. So let's just get right into into the swing of things, man. All offseason long, I've been telling our listeners that I I fully expected the Chiefs, and they they should be fully expecting the Chiefs, to have more of a meat and potatoes type of offseason where you're not going to see a bunch of sexy acquisitions. You're not going to see the same type of aggressiveness from the Chiefs in free agency like you saw in 2019. And I think it's come... That exact same way. I think we've seen that the Chiefs have just been retaining. And it's actually the best thing that we have seen. 20 of 22 players have now come back from the Super Bowl winning team. And honestly, I was expecting something close to that. But even with my expectations, Craig, I've noticed that the the Chiefs are – Taking this offseason and how unique it's been with the the virus going on, they've taken this and they've ran with it and they basically just try to run it back like they've been saying, like Patrick Mahomes has been saying on Twitter. Um, Craig, in your opinion, how how well do you think this team is prepared to do a repeat of sorts with just the team they've already brought back? Because I think you would agree this is a very rare thing to see NFL teams do at this magnitude with 91% of their roster coming back.
0: Absolutely, we hear all the time about the Super Bowl tax. You know, you win the Super Bowl, all of a sudden your free agents cost a little bit more. You're having to pay a little bit more to bring guys in. I mean, maybe some free agents come in, but retaining your own guys in the way that the Chiefs have is a massive, massive deal. Especially this off season, they're not going to get to work out as much as we expect them to. We don't even know if the season's going to start on time. That's going to play big dividends having Sandy Watkins, having Demarcus Robinson, having Charbarius Ward, Bashad Breeland on the outside, knowing that these guys are going to be able to show up, know what they have to do to execute Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo's scheme. So from that regard, they are steps ahead of everybody else in the NFL. We know they were the best team in the league last year with a hurt Patrick Mahomes. Now all of a sudden they get a fully functional Patrick Mahomes and they get to start faster than everybody else in a potentially shortened season. The leg, I mean, it's a, it's a leg up for Kansas City in the playoffs this year. You almost have to expect that they are going to be a high seed in the playoffs this year just because they get to hit the ground running.
1: 100% agree, man. This is Trevor here. What's up, Craig? Hey, what's going on, man? What's up, man? Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Keeping that chemistry alive and uh, just kind of the continuity of it all is uh, is definitely a key cog to having further success and running to back uh, successfully. So I agree with you there. Um, my question is more pertaining to the draft and leading into the draft, what you think the Chiefs are going to do as far as uh, – do you think they're going to keep that, that, num- that first round, that later first round pick? Or do you think that, uh, in your mind, you see them maybe trading back and acquiring more second round, third round picks?
0: If I were Brett Beach, I would trade back at this point. I, with the number of one-year deals that the Chiefs have right now, particularly on defense – They're going to have to make a lot of moves to retain guys next offseason. Frankly, they don't have a ton of cap, and they have to pay Patrick Mahomes. So in that regard, you want to take as many swipes, as many swings on young talent, cost-controlled talent for several years here. I would trade back now that Bashad Breland is officially back in Kansas City. You have the majority of your starters. You still need a Will Linebacker. But the rest of the positions that you would be taking would be upgrades. I'd even consider maybe some guys I, I wrote about it a little bit on Arrowhead Pride today, like an offensive tackle, or a situation yeah. where you could give yourself a, a little more flexibility moving forward in the draft and in you know 2021, 2022. Maybe you t- you start considering some of those guys, knowing that you don't need guys that are immediate contributors. But in order to do that, yeah, trade back a little bit and get get yourself some more swings.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, man. And I didn't know how you felt about the uh, the DeAndre Washington uh, addition to the Chiefs as well. I, th- I, my, my, me, myself, I liked it. I, I, la- I remember watching him when he was with the Raiders. He's a uh, he's kind of a prototypical Andy Reid running back. He's good in the receiving game, and he's actually not too bad in the short uh, the short game either. He's he's a pretty solid shorter stat guy, um, similar similar to Darwin Thompson type player. So I feel like he's prototypical to to, to Reid's offense. So I like the addition to him. I didn't know how you felt about the running back room. Do you see if, there, if a certain uh, running back talent falls in the draft to us, do you th- you still see us possibly taking another running back there? Or do you like the guys we have now? How do you feel about Darrell Williams, if he's going to still be here, regarding, you know with his this injury recently and his surgery going well? I didn't know how you felt about the running back room. It's already a pretty crowded room as it is.
0: I think DeAndre Washington has a chance to be the 1B back right. next to Damian Williams. He needs to improve his pass protection, but his vision is already the best of the group. Right. I, I think he's a guy that can w- move with good lateral agility, has good vision. Similar to like what they expected out of Shady McCoy last year, Shady mm. just couldn't take care of the ball and eventually you know, obviously fell out of favor there. Right. But I do think... That if they found value at the running back position, it is a position that they might consider uh, purely from the standpoint of protecting Patrick Mahomes, giving him as many options as possible, knowing that Steve Spagnuolo is maximizing some defensive talent that may not be as good, but you can go out and score 50 with your offense. Maybe you lean on that a little bit more knowing you're going to have to pay Mahomes, but I wouldn't personally attack the running back position. I would let it come to me if I was Brett
1: Beach. Right, yeah, I'm with you. And the only thing I noticed, too, from just watching him over the years is he he has had a little issue with holding on to the ball at times. I remember that from watching him. have some. He had some pretty costly fumbles in some big games for the Raiders, um, uh, especially a couple of years back when they were trying to make a run to the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, outside of that, I feel like he was a pretty good addition to this offense. I feel like he, like you said, he could be the 1A or the 1B uh, to Damian. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and also the familiarity with him and Patrick Mahomes, also knowing each other and having a history together, I thought was a pretty oh, yeah. cool addition too as well. So I think that for chemistry wise, I feel like he's a, he's going to be a great fit.
0: Absolutely, and I think that Darwin Thompson and Daryl Williams are both going to be a part of this team. I, I don't think that this spells the end for either one of those guys. They carried four running backs for lots of parts of last year. Hmm. I expect them to do the same again this year, and just do running back by committee. Whoever's got the hot hand, whoever you know. Decker McCullough and and Derek me feel like is the best option on that given week. I mean, we see how much running back injuries take their toll on teams. It's not a bad thing to have four.
1: Guys. Yeah, and, and for me too. Also, to add to that, one last thing. Um, I know last year we were like going into the playoffs, we were the 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 worst running rushing offense as far as production, yard per carry, blah, blah, blah. I personally felt that had more to do with the run blocking and us having inability to really get holes open for guys because I know we saw when, the, when it counted, Damian Williams got it done, but we also had a lot better uh, openings in the offensive line than we had really, guys really buckling down and getting some openings from there. Um, I just felt like it was, a, it, was a, it was a combination of the two of the O-line. We had... Fairly good pass blocking as far as for Mahomes and giving him time, but I felt when it came to the running game, we just couldn't get it done as far as blocking for the running backs. Um, so I feel like this. I feel like this room is talented enough moving forward, um, especially with us, you know, running through the air a lot as well in this offense. So I feel I feel like this offensive or this running back room is talented enough. I feel like we just need to address the O line, get some more protection, and really focus on getting some more uh, run blocking going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's not a particularly hot take or anything like that, but right. an interior offensive lineman or, you know, somebody, a project going forward at a tackle position or something like that absolutely. is going to do more for you long-term, both in the pass and the run game, than trying to take a Clyde Edward Hilaire that I love at LSU, yeah. love the kid, would, would love his fitness offense. But frankly, I don't know that he does the same amount of, you know, has the same contribution in both facets of the game that an interior offensive lineman or an offensive tackle or something along that line.
2: Gotcha. Craig, um, I've been reading on the 2020 KC draft guide, man. And by the way, you guys did an amazing, (laughs) an amazing job with that, man. I mean, I loved last year's. I I could not stop reading it this year. um, I I, I think you guys have done even better, better job, man. I think you guys have done an incredible job. So congrats on that. Um, But I I noticed, Craig, that you had talked about two players in particular. Correct me if I'm wrong, but these two players you had talked about that you were pretty high on was uh, Jeffrey Okuda out of Ohio State and and CJ and Anderson out of Florida, based upon the breakdowns and projections. Which, by the way, man, I loved your breakdown on how you scored these guys. Now, give the listeners and, quite frankly, give us some, for instances, of why you're so big on these guys. And do you believe the cha- the Chiefs have any chances of getting these guys? If let's say they do, were they were to trade down by any by that by by that circumstance.
0: Uh, Definitely not Okuda. I think Okuda's cap is five in the draft. Like, I think pick number five is probably the latest he's going to go. He is a generational cornerback, and frankly, I would give up the entire Chiefs draft to go get him. As a defensive analyst, I would just love to watch him play for my team. C.J. Henderson, on the other hand, might fall to the Chiefs. He's a pure man, cover corner. He's not a particularly big tackler, which might be a problem for Steve Spagnuolo, but He is a freak athlete. And what I wrote in this article, I've taken a look since 2010, all of the cornerbacks that were drafted or invited to the combine or made a big contribution, like a Chris Harris or something like that. I went through and charted their athletic testing. And by and large, I created this little weighted formula thing, this big nerdy thing. And I was able to kind of look at these tiers of athletes where they were. And Overall, cornerbacks have about a 20% chance of succeeding in the NFL. If you're drafted, if you go to the combine, it's about 20%. And that's uh, that's frankly pretty poor. If you're a tier one athlete, and it doesn't matter where you were drafted, you could be drafted in the sixth round, you have a 60% chance to be a contributor in the NFL. It's just staggering how much better it factors in. So I've been taking the past couple years trying to find these guys that are these tier one athletes and kind of project where they go and try and target if the Chiefs can go and get him. I think C.J. Henderson's a guy that they could go get if Steve Spagnuolo can kind of look the other way with his tackling problems.
2: Craig, I, I've been saying this, man, and I, I've been more vocal about it as time goes on. Um, with the Chiefs only having five picks as it currently stands, and I do agree with you, I do think that the Chiefs' best move would be to trade down out of the 32 spot and accumulate maybe two to three more picks. Um I think the Chiefs, despite the fact that they went and resigned not only Demarcus Robinson but Sammy Watkins on one-year deals, um, I actually believe the Chiefs could very well draft a wide receiver in this draft. Craig, am I crazy for saying that?
0: Not at all. Not even remotely close. At this point, uh, if one of the top wide receivers fell, I have no problems with Andy Reid taking him right. and bringing him into the offense. We know how long it takes some of these rookie wide receivers to get in. We saw McCole Hardman, who's working hard, trying to get on the field a little bit more. And he just frankly wasn't able to get the snap counts that some of these other guys were because Andy Reid trusts them to run the routes, be on the right page with everybody else, and do the same thing. And obviously, he wants that again with the Marcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins. If you draft a guy, it's not necessarily a redshirt thing because, I mean, obviously, Sammy Watkins is probably going to get hurt again. But, you know, as long as he's back for the playoffs, we're good. But if uh, if you have a rookie wide receiver that you're bringing along, that's a guy that you can get some more reps, integrate him in, and then move on from Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson in 2021.
1: All right. Yeah, man. That's, yeah, I, I 100% agree with you there. Um, we can talk about, you know, the, the Chiefs trading back for more picks, but there's also another way the Chiefs can acquire picks, um, and that's, you know, obviously trading a, a big name player. I can't let you. I can't let you be in this segment and not get what you, not get your take on what you think is going to happen with Chris Jones. Yeah, we've already got Kent's take on this. So we want yeah. your take on this,
2: Craig. It's yeah. Important.
1: So, I mean, I don't know what you think is going. to I know there, it's been absolutely dead silent on this whole the whole field of this issue uh, as far as communication. You know, from both ends, who knows what's really going on behind the scenes? How do you personally feel? What is your gut feeling on? What the Chiefs do, you think the Chiefs try to execute a trade like, you know, within hours of the draft, try to sneak one in, get more draft picks that way? Or do you think that they are comfortable with writing it out with Chris Jones once again on the tag?
0: I think at this point they are comfortable writing out Chris Jones on the tag for 2020. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, if a team comes with a good enough offer in the next 12 or 13 days, you know, Mm -hmm. before the draft here, they can make a move. I don't think this is going to be a clowny situation where right. the Chiefs are going to trade him in the offseason in July. I just don't see that at all. It doesn't match up with anything else that they've done so far this year in this offseason, the whole run it back thing. They are looking to retain as much of the guys as possible. Now that being said, I maintained for a long time this offseason that Chris Jones was not going to play on the tag, nor should he play on the tag because it's not what his worth is and he needs to have a long-term contract. Right. With that said With coronavirus and everything like that going on right now, I think it's just, frankly, hampered teams' ability to go and get medicals on guys, get guys in-house to figure out their fit with the team. I think you saw a lot of teams that just backed away from a lot of guys. You're seeing it with Jadavian Clowney, maybe a little bit with Chris Jones here. We're not sure there. But if his market isn't as strong, he could do a lot worse than showing back up in Kansas City running it back again, being in the Super Bowl again, winning another ring, and then going and making his money next
2: offseason. Well, then my question, and following up with that, Craig, is in your opinion, what would be, um, in your eyes, an adequate trade uh, in return for a Chris Jones, for the Chiefs? Like, what would make you happy to see in return?
0: I I mean, it's hard – DeForest Buckner blew up this whole damn thing. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he really yeah. did. That trade <laughs> annihilated everything. But Before that, I was kind of looking at maybe uh, the Miami pick, uh, 26. Yeah. Looking at that a little bit as a good pick, having two picks at the back of the round. You could combine those to jump up for a guy if you wanted, or you could take a good linebacker and a good cornerback in the first round and have building blocks for your defense going forward there. That being said, if DeForest Buckner is going for 13, now granted they had him for another year, and he was obviously a guy, obviously a guy that Chris Ballard loved, I would try and find more for him. But the caveat for that is, if you play Chris Jones on the franchise tag this year, you're probably not tagging him and trying to trade him again next year because his value is going to be lower as another year along here, and mm. you are having to wager you know put another 120 percent of what you're putting this year on the cap so if the chiefs think that they are going to need to get out of chris jones after next year and they want the maximum possible value you may see them take a late first maybe an early second and a third you know some combination of picks that would be equivalent to a late first
2: yeah wouldn't, i guess it wouldn't be bad to get like the 25th pick when we're gonna have the 32nd pick next year anyway so i guess that right. works out just fine huh craig um, but here's the thing. i got two more questions for you real quick. First one, how much did you cry when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl? <laughs> and two, and two. this is the more important question, if we're being honest here, Craig. What beer are you drinking tonight, my friend?
0: Well, I, what beer I'm drinking right now is KC Beer Hellas Lager. Good call. Uh, Good, call. Yeah, Good call. KC yeah. Beer. Good call. And, yeah, I, I, I wept like a baby. <laughs> for Andy Reid, and it was you specifically for Andy Reid. It wasn't even for my fandom. Andy getting that thing, yes, meant so much to me. You know, covering this team, and I use the word covering very lightly because I am a blogger, but covering this team and following them as closely as I, you know, have had to for the next for the last several years. It just meant so much to see Andy finally get over the hump there. I'm going to be so proud of Mahomes when he gets, you know, next year's and the year after. And however many he rattles off here in his young career. But this one was more important to me than any of those are going to be just because it was Andy's. And Andy's Andy's Kansas City's now. Like, Billy doesn't get to claim him anymore. He won a Super Bowl year. So he's ours, and it just meant so much.
2: Absolutely. Well, you know what, Craig, I know you're I know you're going to be the modest one with all this, but I'm going to go ahead and brag for you. I've known you for many years. I've known you since I think 2013. And you've always, been, you've always been consistent. You've always been great with your approach. You've always been gracious with the fans. And, man, you write well. You do incredible work. And I think that this fan base and the, and the team, quite frankly, appreciates what you do. I know I do. I know we do. And we honestly appreciate your time uh, tonight to, to spend with us, even though we were a little delayed, like I told you, man. We really do appreciate you taking the time and doing what you do for Arrowhead Pride. And uh, if you could, be so kind to let the people know where they can find you on Twitter and all social media forms. Uh, that
0: would be at Barley Hop on Twitter. Follow me there. Uh, we're, I do all my film stuff there. You see clips, gifs, stuff like that as the draft goes along. Here, uh, we're gonna have plenty of takes. You know, we, we released this KC Draft Guide uh, gum.co slash KC Draft Guide twenty twenty. If you go there and you buy it, it's got two hundred and twenty five player profiles. We wrote how they how every single player in this thing fits with the Chiefs, so as the Chiefs draft guys, as you see guys coming off the board, you can kind of keep track of where that guy fit, if he would have fit in Kansas City, or if it was a good thing that he left. Basically, if you want the draft, if you want to follow it at all, go get that. Follow me on Twitter. You'll be able to keep up with the draft as it goes
2: along. You're the best, Craig. I really do appreciate the time, man. We look forward to having you back on the show soon.
0: Hey, appreciate you having me on, man. You
2: have a great night, brother. You too. So that was our guy Craig Stout from Arrowhead Pride. We again thank that guy so much. Him and Kent when they take the time to yeah. be on shows like on our show quite frankly, it definitely means a lot for us cuz those guys are constantly busy. And I'm telling you guys from first-hand experience, that draft guide is unbelievably great. It's detailed, to, I mean if you're a person that likes detail and you're a person that likes the Chiefs, yeah. we're talking two for two here. So definitely go and get that, guys. It is well worth it. It is inexpensive. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. And it is definitely in – in a time like this, yeah, we'll we have very time. little to do and yeah. very little to watch. You've probably watched everything on Netflix already. Some toilet, for the love of God, God, need to, yeah, yeah, you don't need to watch Tiger King all over again. Get the KC Draft Guide, guys, from Arrowhead. Our guys at Arrowhead Pride, you will yeah. not regret that. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back. We're going to finally have – the Eddie Hour. It's coming back this week you know from his log cabin. We're going to get back to that after this. You
0: know that I would be a liar if I was to say to you, Girl, we get much
2: Come fire Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hempco. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell here inside the Spoken Studios. Hey, My guy is Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, he's out there in the, what do we call it, the stabbing cabin. Are we talking S- the quarantine cabin? S- what are we talking? The press cabin.
3: <laughs> the price is right, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs>
2: so we got our guy Eddie back, and you guys know what that means. That means that we have the Eddie hour back.
3: The best S- hour, actually.
2: Yeah, yeah, technically it is because he's the only one that has an hour literally named after him. <laughs> so we're taking L's for sure tonight. But it's not in, really an hour, but it's yeah, it's just as a figure of speech. So with nothing with nothing else left left to be said, I'm gonna hand it right over to our guy, Eddie. Eddie, take it away. What All do we got right. tonight, man?
3: All right, man. It's been it's been a while. I'm you know, trying it's to get been that, a while. trying to get the vibe back. So I got three questions for you guys. So my first one is we we've seen Lamar Jackson win MVP last season. It came out of nowhere, nobody was expecting it. It, it was just a shock for everybody. Now, my question is do we think this was Lamar Jackson's peak or do you think we can see more next season or do we expect more
2: next Hmm.
0: season
3: yeah it's funny you say that
2: because I actually tweeted that out uh the other day I think it was two or three days ago I had said that you know it just kind of came to me because Lamar Jackson is one of these quarterbacks where I don't really feel like I know what he is yet um he went from 2018 being a simply just mobile quarterback who could not throw the ball And then 2019, you started to see flashes of him throwing the ball accurately and getting the ball downfield. And you started to say, wow, he could actually turn into something. I will say this. I'll preface this by saying that I have been somebody who has believed in Lamar Jackson from the day he got drafted by the Ravens. I did say I felt like he was going to be the most successful quarterback of his draft class, and so far that's come true. Having said that, I don't think it's crazy to think that we have seen peak Lamar Jackson already, even at 23 years old. reason why I say that. Because I don't think we can fully say with any confidence that he's going to get better at throwing the football. And if he doesn't get better at throwing the football, we can see him being like a Cam Newton type of player, even though Cam's more of a physical player. They have the same style. And we saw Cam's body start to break down with Lamar having a smaller frame. He starts taking these unnecessary hits. All of a sudden you're going to see where he's going to have to adapt to throwing the football more. And if he can't do that at a high level and start completing 66 to 67% of his passes – that's going to be real trouble for Lamar and, quite frankly, could end his career sooner than even we expect. Because if you go back three or four years ago, it would have been crazy to to think that Cam Newton would be in the situation he's in. Yeah. So if we fast forward to five years from now and Lamar Jackson hasn't developed or evolved his game at all, he's going to be in the exact same situation, only younger and earlier in his career. So – I do believe at this current stature, I feel more confident in saying that we have seen the best of Lamar Jackson, but I am willing to be proven wrong because again,
1: from the beginning, I have been a
2: believer of his, and I am willing to see. I'm willing to give him the
1: opportunity. Yeah, I think. I think as far as t- statistically, I think this was his peak season because uh, what he did this year was unprecedented. Um, just similar to Mahomes 50, five thousand and fifty. I don't know if we'll see that again, but I'm sure he'll he'll find somewhere a few seasons remotely close. Yeah, I'm sure he'll find somewhere close to those seasons. Um, but as far as what he did with his legs and him him bursting onto the scene and and, and, and re- wreaking havoc on the entire league, uh, I think that was his peak. Uh, as far as like I said, statistically, but I, st- I still think he's going to have a very successful, uh, barring health, um, barring the um, if he figures out the you know when to run instead of running too much because we started seeing him taking some hits that I don't think he'll he will last very long if he starts taking too many of those um, because regardless of as elusive as he thinks he is, someone's going to catch him. Someone's going to catch him in his blind side, hit him low, and then someone hits him high. We see it; it happens every single time. No matter how mobile you think you are. He's by far outside of Michael Vick. Him and Michael Vick are right there, the, the most mobile quarterbacks we've ever seen. Uh, Cam is just different. He's a different beast because he's so big and agile. Um, but he's he's the more elusive, speedy type guy. But it only takes one good hit to possibly even end his career. I'm not trying to like get any bad juju, but I think he peaked as far as statistically. But I do think he has a lot of, a lot of success. Granted, he's in the AFC, so he's going to have to battle with the best in the game with Patrick Mahomes. Um, but I do think there's going to be some battles. I think he needs to, he needs to fix up his uh, his preparation and his actual execution in, in high-pressure games because we haven't seen him perform well in any high-pressure game yet so far in his career. So that right there is all that matters. Um, he can have all the good regular seasons all he wants. Um, but as far as peak goes... I gotta see his peak in the postseason because we haven't seen it yet, and I bet on him last year and he failed me. So hmm. yeah, I, I already took the L. <laughs> fuck you, I already took the L for that. So um, Tennessee Tannehill, yeah, baby. The Tennessee I was also along with unlucky, Lance. Lucky, lucky game. I was also along with Lance. Him coming out of college, I believed him as a project, uh, more than just a project. I believed that he could he could develop a better arm because we already knew who he was as an athlete in general. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I wasn't too impressed with this. I know he threw a lot of touchdowns this past season, but a lot of them were like wide open, broken plays because it's shit
2: teams. Because too. yeah,
1: again, yeah. He threw like five, six touches in a couple games against the Browns and, you know, just some Bengals, bad teams. Right, right, right. So he yeah. took advantage of a, 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 a fairly easy schedule. Um, so I think I'd have to see him really progress as a, as a passer to before I can even think of him uh, exceeding what he did this past year. Uh, so, me, personally, if I had to choose right now, do I think he could succeed that or exceed that and be better moving forward as a passer? I'm going to say no because I have to see it first. I, I mean, I can't – I'm putting my money on no because I don't like his mechanics right now as a thrower. Um, I know I know he made some, some decent throws, but like I said, a lot of those were broken plays, and uh, I'm just not a fan of his throwing mechanics right now. Uh, great athlete. I think he, he, he could have success just with his legs alone, though. But, yeah, moving forward, I'm putting my money on no uh, as far as him – um, peaking oh, out peaking what he already peaked this past season big trust man interesting
3: interesting but i'm gonna have to go with uh trevor's answer i i agree with trevor 100 i love on the kid one. though all right so my next question for, for you guys is uh i want to hit he- i want to hear about your updated theories on cam newton and Jameis Wiston. like what's going on with that
2: yeah I, I you know honestly i think it's we touched on a little bit a couple weeks ago yeah I, well just last week just we last talked week, about yeah. this and, and, the, and the update for me is um I was very confident going into last week's episode uh, about Cam Newton getting a starting job. And I still am confident of this because of the fact of how talented he is and how the NFL doesn't have enough great quarterbacks and the fact that he's better than still half the league out there. He's going to find a starting job, in my opinion, still. But with the delay and with things that are going on the way that they are, I almost feel like Cam is going to have to bank on a quarterback getting hurt in training camp if they have training camp or in a preseason game if they have preseason. There's going to be a lot of factors they're going to have to play in for Cam Newton to get that opportunity. But knowing the NFL and knowing how this league works, that is probably going to happen. It's more likely it's going to happen than not. And it's going to give a team an excuse because deep down, I think a lot of these teams do want Cam Newton. I think that you're not going to pass up on a talent like him even at 31 years old with injuries like him because like I said last week –
1: He's a proven MVP.
2: Yes, even with his injuries and him being in his 30s now, he's still better than Terod Taylor. He's still better than what Joe Flacco has been over the last five years. He's still better than a lot of other guys have gotten starting gigs over these last 10 seasons that we knew were no longer good. Cam Newton went healthy. Oh, even over the last couple of seasons, when healthy, has been an MVP candidate style player. He's still got football left in him. I just think of the opportunity has got to present itself, and when it does, and it will. We're going to see Cam Newton starting football very early and often as far as Jameis Winston is concerned. I do believe, and I still stick with this, I think that Jameis Winston is going to be a backup quarterback for at least another season, for one for one season. And I do believe if I was a betting man, if I was somebody who was picking for said teams – I think the Steelers need to go after Jameis Winston full-fledged for a myriad of reasons. One, you don't know what you're getting back from Ben Roethlisberger. The only thing you do know you're getting from Ben Roethlisberger is he's 38 years old and he's got a wicked-ass beard. Outside of that, you don't know what you're getting from Ben Roethlisberger. And like I said, Jameis Winston, although has turnover problems, what did Ben Roethlisberger struggle with for the majority of his early career? Mm. Turnovers. Whether it was interceptions, fumbles, whatever the case was, he tried to extend plays and play hero ball a lot of times, and it backfired a lot of times. That is literally Jameis Winston's biggest flaw, and you can quite frankly say his only flaw on the field. I do believe Jameis Winston is going to have a job. He's going to be backing up somewhere, whether it's L.A. with the Rams or with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's going to get an opportunity. He's too
1: far talented to not get a job in this league. Uh, And like we talked on last year or last last year, last episode, (laughs) me and you talked about this topic slightly. um, And I said that I didn't think Cam Newton heading into the season was going to have a starting job. I think he was going to have to find uh, somewhere to prove it. Uh, I do think as the season progresses, he will have a starting job because let's just be honest with each other here. Cam Newton is good for football. He's good for ratings. He's fun to watch. Last year, you know, he fizzled out early because he was was not healthy whatsoever. He was out there trying to do it for the love of the game, and this was not pretty. Um, So, and we've seen it numerous times, you know, new scenery is good for a lot of players. Um, It it really comes down to, in my my personal opinion, that Cam Newton, we all know, is a strong personality he has, he's, he's very outspoken about how he feels. He's not shy from, uh, from adversity or from controversy. He will talk, you know, he will take your, you know, he'll, he'll tell GM straight to their face, you know, how he feels about things or franchises period front office is how he feels. Um, and I respect that. Um, I'd rather him be that way than saying things behind the back or some, you know, he does have his cryptic tweets here and there, but I love Cam Newton as a player. He's fun. He's good for the league. So I do believe the league is going to, you know, push for him to get a job or at least get a starting job somewhere. There's no reason he shouldn't beat out somebody somewhere. I don't care what it is. I even, like I even hinted at Jacksonville. I know that's not the best spot for him. The defense is dwindling and they're kind of rebuilding right now. But if he wants to start somewhere, I think that's somewhere where he can go start over Gardner Minshew, who I don't think it should be trouble for him to beat out with once he's healthy. This quarantine or this, this, this COVID-19 situation has definitely hurt him because he's not able, able to go out there and showcase his abilities right now and show how healthy he is. Um, but I do believe at some point Cam Newton will be a starter for some team. Hell, it could be a playoff team, you know, say like, like you talked about the bills. If Josh Allen goes down, Cam Newton is a perfect guy to go in there and fill that spot. Perfect for that offense. Perfect. The way they run that offense. Um, he's the better Josh Allen for being absolutely. So, So, I mean, uh, and he's a proven winner. Um, and as far as Jameis goes, Jameis we Jameis is gonna have to go into a camp somewhere and battle somebody to get a spot. I think Jameis could still win a starting spot somewhere too. Uh, I, I I've always believed in Jameis's talent. I just never I never believed in him up here, and that was always a problem. You know, between the eyes, but he got the LASIK surgery, so we'll see. You know, another thing. This is another guy that's hurt by this virus situation because he's not able to go showcase that his vision is better or that or you know that he's doing well or that you know whatever. Um, but I do think he can go into a camp somewhere. Uh, and and challenge somebody even even Jacksonville. I do think the Steelers is this best spot for him to go and you know say ben, Big Ben stays another couple of years. Uh, he he learns under him. Whatever you learn from Big Ben, I don't know. But um, I, I like Mike Tomlin as a head coach. I think he's a good guy that would that would keep Jameis Winston contained and that personality. I think they would mesh really well. Well,
2: shit, if he can cover up
1: AB's bullshit for years and, and, and look at and look at and look at the backups there. And you know you got the likes of Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph you know, if he can't beat out those guys, you don't belong in this league, bro. Uh, if you can't beat duck. You yeah. must get fucked. <laughs> yeah. That's put that on a sure. t-shirt. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think, you know, if Mason Rudolph is out there, you know, playing backup roles and filling in, there's no reason Jameis Winston can't go over there and, and, you know, battle for the, you know, being the next guy in, in Pittsburgh. So I 100% agree with you there. So that's my take on, on Jameis as well.
3: Interesting. So. Interesting. Uh, takes guys. Uh, I got one last question for you guys. Uh, this one came, I believe, yesterday. <laughs> it's it's kind of like a just, just want to get your thoughts, want to get your you know blood flowing. Uh, so David Carr went to Twitter and uh, posted a video of Jameis uh, of a Jameis Winston uh, workout. And the tweet he says, and I quote: "Stop paying your friends to train you. Get some help. I've been in a lot of collapsing pockets, and never once did I did I have defense just flying at my head." Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that?
2: Uh, it, it, it doesn't change for me. Dave, David and Derek Carr are two of the biggest dipshits in the world of sports. It's funny about them is that they want the smoke until they actually get it. I guarantee you if David Carr got Jameis Winston in a room, he wouldn't say shit to him like that. I, I I, I, I'd, put, I'd put my next three paychecks on it. And, and besides the fact James that – Jameis would eat him like a D- W. David Carr has a full-time job of being wrong on the NFL network, and yeah. then he – spends the rest of his day blocking people on Twitter who just simply want to challenge his intellect. I got no time for the car brothers. I think they're, like I guess I think they're two of the biggest dipshits we have. And it's amazing that they manage because a lot of people look at Jameis Winston as a dipshit, right? They managed to make him in a conversation. The, the, the more mature person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How often can we say that? How many people can pull that off to where they make Jameis Winston look like the adult in the room? It's a, it's an achievement. It's an achievement what David Carr was able to do. So, my God, man, I, you know, that you want to talk, yeah, you're right. You got my blood boiling on that one because I can there's when I hear the names David and Derek Carr, my skin crawls. I want to go hide somewhere. I want to scream into a pillow. These guys drive me crazy. I guess you could say they trigger me because there's just something about those guys. I just cannot. So there's a phoniness. If you saw Hard Knocks, what was it in 2018? Was that 2018 or 2019 for the Raiders?
1: 20, that was last year. So last year,
2: yeah. yeah. And you saw how cheesy Derek Carr was with his teammates. No wonder the Raiders are looking for an excuse to get the fuck out of Oakland or now Las Vegas. I mean, that's why they go and sign guys like Marcus Mariota. That's why David Carr couldn't last in this league. Look, man, you want to talk shit on Jameis Winston, a guy who, although has his issues, has been one of the more productive quarterbacks in the NFL since he got drafted? I don't know how you can even put yourself in this. These guys—the only thing that needs to be coming out of their mouth is the the boot that, that was already in there, so they can put the new one in. Mm. Because these guys are absolute fools, absolute clowns. Especially David, who's the oldest brother. I'm the oldest brother of my family, and I'm embarrassed for him as the oldest of of my brothers because I could not imagine leading my brothers down a path like David Carr has.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, but anyway, yeah.
2: Let's, go ahead, Trevor. What, no, no, they're, they're
1: like the they're like the the opposite of what the Manning brothers are. The Manning brothers, everyone wants Peyton Manning to stay. You know, everyone wants Peyton Manning to to call games and that no one, you know, wanted them to retire. They love their, you know, whatever you think about Eli Manning, he was fun to watch because obviously he was entertaining on the sidelines with the faces he would make. And everyone loved the Manning brothers, regardless of what you thought of them personally or as players, whatever. They were just good for the sport. The The Carr brothers are like the complete opposite of that. For some reason, someone's paying David Carr to talk sports or football. From the NFL, I, I don't understand how this guy is still paid to do his job. I, it, I, I, they're running short on bodies over there. I don't know, um, but yeah, for him to critique Jameis Winston, uh, it's just it, it's, it's it's slow. the The sports the sports scene is slow right now, and I get it. Um, but this is, this obviously is no shock to any of us who's kept track of the, the bullshit him and the, even the brother doesn't even play football is on there, you know, responding and defending on Twitter, you know, uh, his brothers, it's just embarrassing that all they do is block you. If, if you try to respond, it's, it's petty, man. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't have much to say about this other than just, please just shut up and talk about something that's actually worth our while. It, I'm, yeah, that's it. I got nothing else to say about yeah. those jackasses, yeah. so, so we can I'm just leave it the, there. I get
3: the, bu- the blood going, you know? I yeah. like that. I'm going to have to go but- – yeah, I'm going to have to
2: go and put some ice on in a second. So once I, we're that's going, and they just so happen to be Raider guys. I did my you know, job. It's,
3: yeah, well, it's fitting. That's it for me, guys, before I get a little seasick, so <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to cut it Wait, out. so you're in the cabin though, right? Yeah in the ocean oh, down, man. <laughs> so he's in a cabin in the ocean
2: we, we, we are not on edibles yet guys i promise you that we are we are living in a very sober this is, environment this right is now. that
1: 2020 technology man this you're is amazing So Eddie, cabins enjoy
2: your staycation or vacation whatever the hell you're on right now just make sure you're and take some dramamine <laughs> all right? <laughs> and just chill the hell out. Drew, if you need us to send booze, we'll send the booze. I'm starting
3: to sweat, man. We need to cut <laughs> this. <laughs> CPR stat. We're going
2: to take a quick break and do CPR, and Eddie,
3: we'll be back after this. You so rare, <laughs>
2: Located in the historic Westport District, Modern Man Supply Company is your Kansas City's new home for men's retail. From apparel to pomade and home goods to beard care, they offer a wide range of men's products from independent companies from around the world. Follow them at Modern Man Supply Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Back at it again on the Spoken podcast for segment number four. I am your host Lance Twidwell here inside the Spoken Studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell, was good, and Eddie Ortiz. Yo yo yo. So we've had a great show so far, guys. Uh, the the Craig, having Craig down on the show meant so much, and I know I keep saying that, yeah. but that's been a goal of mine since we started this. Has been one of the I, I've always told people he's one of the most well informed uh, and well thought out. Chiefs fans and bloggers out there. He'll, he'll be modest and say he doesn't do a lot, but that, that guy is a humongous contributor. So definitely follow his work. Uh, he's great on Twitter as well. And obviously, you know what he does at Arrowhead Pride. So definitely give him some love, guys, and follow him on Twitter if you're already on Twitter. Um, but we're going to talk a little more Chiefs for, real quick because – I don't think that we've put enough emphasis on how incredible this offseason actually has been for the Chiefs. Uh, As I stated last week, I was 100% wrong in the fact that Sammy Watkins, I felt like as time went on, Sammy Watkins was no longer going to be a Chief. I felt like he was going to get a big paycheck from somebody else. And, you know, it's just business. That's just how it goes sometimes. Completely wrong on that. Uh, Sammy Watkins obviously re-signed for one year, $9 million, 16 incentives if he actually hits all incentives, which is debatable. But then we start to see Brashad Breeland get signed. Then we we know that Chris Jones has already gotten the franchise tag, and we don't know exactly what's going to happen there, but I do feel confident that Chris Jones will be a Chief in 2020. 20 of the 22 starters from 2019 will be in Kansas City in 2020, barring some injuries or anything like that. 91% of the Chiefs from the Super Bowl defending team will be back. I didn't do the numbers because it's almost impossible to try to find it, but I cannot remember a team in the last decade that have done anything close to that, especially teams that have success. Because if anybody knows anything about the NFL and teams and how teams are constructed, when you win, you have a Super Bowl tax. Guys like Demarcus Robinson and Brashad Breland, I thought for sure we're going to go get their money. Now, you can make the case that it's because of the virus and what's going on in our society and our world, quite frankly, that probably did play a big factor in that. I do believe if things were business as usual and we had sports as as we always did before, I think there's a, a really good chance that Demarcus Robinson and Brashad Breland and maybe even Sammy Watkins aren't chiefs. But even if that was a fact, even if those guys were gone, I would feel equally as confident into this team that they could repeat what they did. But with those guys now retained, it gives me, personally, I'll let these guys speak for themselves, it gives me this this rare air of confidence because I don't believe any of these guys that are coming back to the Chiefs are out of their primes. And here's the best part. These guys are on prove-it deals. Yep. We talked about it. Sammy Watkins, Rashad Breeland, Demarcus Robinson, all on prove-it deals. Now, I'm not expecting a ton from Demarcus Robinson, but from Rashad Breeland and Sammy Watkins, you bet your ass I'm believing that these guys and expecting these guys to produce because now they are the ones with the targets on their back. Sure, the league knew that the Chiefs are the up-and-coming team, even with the Ravens doing what they were doing. The Chiefs were the team that people were watching out for because of Patrick Mahomes and the driven motivation behind Andy Reid to finally get that ring. Mm -hmm. Now that they got it, and now that they know that the Patriots dynasty is over, the Brady Bilichick dynasty is over, they are the ones that everybody is looking to. And now with the guys back and hungrier than ever, in my opinion, because also with the landscape, the sports landscape being at a halt, once these guys can get back to work, It's hard for me to believe they're not going to be as motivated as ever to get back on that field and to prove that what they did last season was not a fluke. This team is here to become a dynasty, the next dynasty in football. And I'm not going to limit this dynasty. And I am calling them a dynasty because I believe that's what this is going to be. Because this team has made the proper moves, the necessary moves, to put themselves in that trajectory. I don't know what's going to happen with Chris Jones. I am of the the belief that the Chiefs really do want to keep Chris Jones and really do want to sign him Mm long-term. The money's going to be tricky. But if we've seen the Chiefs do anything, this team has been aggressive in an efficient way over the last two seasons. We saw the way they went and got Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark, and they did take risks with those signings. But those signings panned out. I think that Brett Veach and I think that Andy Reid have found their groove as a collective I think that Andy Reid's done an incredible job on his own, but now that he has a guy that's like-minded at the general manager's position, this team could actually be better in 2020. Because you have to remember how 20 how 2019 went. We we remember revisionist history. We remember how it ended and how glorious it was, and it was. Mm. But we forget how troubling since March of 2019 all the way to February of 2020, how challenging and how troubling it was for the Chiefs to get there. It's one of the greatest stories we've seen in the NFL, from Tyreek Hill's situation to the string of injuries they had from week one. Patrick Mahomes playing with one leg, then misses two weeks in the middle of the season, and this team still prevailed. All of those guys, essentially all of those guys, are back to run it back. How excited are you guys about this this situation? Because I, I don't think any of us thought this is how this offseason was going to go. Trevor, I'm going to start with you. What What is your takeaway, and how excited are you for what's, what I think is about to happen in 2020?
1: Dude, I'm stoked. And, there's, and statistically, not statistically, but going with the odds, we obviously should be better. I use the word obviously way too much. I just want to put that out there. Obviously. I say, it, I say it all the time. I've been working on it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, but obviously, uh, the Chiefs should be better. I mean, because all these guys are coming back. They have more time to work within the same system, especially defensively. We can build on that defense from what they became the last few weeks of the year, and then obviously the postseason. Obviously, um, so I'm telling you guys, I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna get a syringe and just stab. Yeah, you don't you don't have to have a loud uh, and colorful offseason to have the parts that you need. Uh, and heading into this draft, we don't have any glaring needs outside of me, me personally. I feel linebackers are the only glaring need. I think that we really need to address. Outside of that, we're going into this draft, defending champs, heading into the draft where we feel like we can possibly take the best player available at any position that's there that we feel that we want. And that is a that is a big thing. That's a big deal for any team because most teams aren't even able to do that regardless of if they're a winning franchise or not. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm stoked to have these pieces back. I do think Chris Jones will be a chief this year. I do think he wants to be here. I do think we want to work out a pl- – uh, 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 you know, a deal with him. I do think that the front office wants to work out a deal with him, but it's, it's just, I think it comes down to just the dollars uh, and what he wants and what the chiefs want to work with him with uh, and what the market is for him. Uh, Cause we're seeing guys like, you know, Jadavion Clowney trying to push the envelope for himself too. And it's not working out and he's looking to take another one year deal. Uh, so, you know, him and Chris Jones, obviously Chris Jones is the better player in my mind, but they're not far off from each other. So the market's similar. So seeing that that's not working out for Jadavion Clowney went out and got a big deal. You know, Chris Jones. Chris Jones would have the leverage here because he's, you know, he's, he could point at other guys that got these deals. But, um, yeah, man, having these guys back, it's I, there's no reason we shouldn't be better than we, after what we dealt with last year. Like, like you said, from March, from the off, off the off field stuff going on with Tyreek and Patrick Mahomes being hurt, uh, you know, Tyreek being hurt, Sammy being hurt, you know, the, the defense being shit half of the season, uh, everything screams that we're we're defending this this championship, man, and I'm here for it.
3: Yeah, I am with you guys. I I like our chances. Uh signing 20 out of 22 starters from the Super Bowl. It's just numbers that you don't you don't see often, you yeah. know? Like you don't you don't see that coming into another season from a Super Bowl champ. Uh my only thing with the Chiefs is the 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 depth. Like what are we looking like? You know, like like Trevor said, the draft. You know, we we're, we're gonna get the best players in in a position mm-hmm. because we can focus on certain positions now since we have twenty out of twenty two starters. But I guess my question, my question, or yeah, my question is just like, how are we gonna feel those those depth? Like, how are yeah. we in 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 depth? You know, yeah. like how how how. Can we make it better? Because yeah. I know we've we, we've
1: lost some good depth players, and at safety and corners, really exactly. only linebacker. Defensively, is the only spot and I think we really need. With depth. Chris
3: Jones, we're still uncertain what's going to happen. Yes, we think we think he's going to sign with the Chiefs. He's going to stay with the Chiefs. That's what we think. We mm-hmm. would we would hope it happens, but then I, also you have to think about like what if it doesn't happen? Then then what what's next? You know because. Mm-hmm. If you think about, it, he was a big, big reason why the Chiefs had that comeback in this. Yeah, season. well,
1: unless he holds out, he doesn't have a choice. He's on the tag, so no, I, I, mean, I, I
3: get it. But yeah. but I'm saying it, it's it's kind of like like what ha- like what, what's gonna happen? You know, like it's still uncertain for me. Like if we're gonna go back to back, because I don't know what the whole team's gonna look like yet. Once we go into into. uh uh spring training and all that stuff yeah. then i start getting like a, a, an idea of what the team's starting to you know like feel like i'll know who we have and and will know what what we got out of the draft and, and it's kind of like okay i see the depth now i can see us going and and repeating again you know yeah. like For, we have we have the players if if one goes down we have the player that can right. come back in and you know be that be that uh player that we need you know yeah and i think the best thing about that
2: that is the best problem to, for a team to have. Because especially in the NFL, you want to make sure that you have star talent that's on the same page with your coaching staff. Well, look at the Chiefs. They have the best quarterback in the NFL, a myriad of talented rock, talented superstars on this, on this offense alone, let alone the defense with Tyron Matthew, yep. and Frank Clark, and Chris Jones, let alone those guys. You also have the the same exact coaching staff returning. That is something that That's Chiefs fans need continuity. to continuity. That is a, that is bigger than people realize. Yeah. Because look how different the Chiefs were overnight when Andy Reid came to Kansas City. Now he has his nucleus of guys that he wants here: Steve Spagnolo, Eric Bieniemy, uh, Kafka. Those guys all are guys that Andy Reid wanted, and I remember saying this last year uh, during this, actually during the season, something that was going to worry me. But I was open, to was the idea that Andy Reid ha- wants his guys, and that could almost be to a fault. I don't know if you guys remember when I would say that. That the it loyalty. concerned me, yeah, the yeah, loyalty Sutton, yeah. to a fault, and that was something I felt like could be a detriment to Andy mm. Reid. But see – it, when it works, it doesn't matter hmm. because he got the right guys who happen to be his guys. That's why I trust Andy Reid more than ever because he got the right guys who happen to be the guys he trusts. That doesn't always coincide. Those aren't always the same guys, and that's why a lot of teams and regimes fail throughout time in the
1: NFL and any sport for that matter. Well, let's stop and give – I just want to stop and give uh... – Brett Veach, some kudos right now, too, because before we made any moves, before there was any offseason moves for the Chiefs, he called his shot. He said he wants to do whatever he can to keep this core together, and he's done nothing but that. Outside of uh, um, um, safety, Kendall, uh, Fuller. Kendall Fuller, Fuller, going back to Washington, um, we've, he's kept the entire core together, offensively yeah. and defensively. So, I mean, uh, I mean we don't know what's going to happen with Chris Jones, but I fo- I do think Chris Jones will be here, uh, regardless if he gets you know a deal done or not. But I mean, Kudos to to our, our GM, you know, calling a shot, sticking to his guns, and doing what he said he was gonna do. Uh, I'm excited to see what he's gonna do with this draft uh, moving forward. With and, that.
2: and my favorite part about it, I know we already talked about it with Craig, and and I already mentioned in this segment yeah. as well, is the fact that Brett Veach and Andy Reid have gotten these guys on prove it deals. Yeah. Like that's such
1: a big thing because the motivation's gonna you be know
2: Brashad Breland at twenty six years old is gonna do everything in his power. He wants to get Even paid. He's, he's never got, been paid he got a race. He got a one point five million dollar raise from his previous contract with the yeah,
1: Chiefs. That's pennies, man.
2: True, but, yeah. but the point is he got a raise and he gets to go out here one more time with the best team in football And they're going to be on national television as much as possible this season. He's going to get plenty of shine and opportunity to go and get that next fat contract next offseason, whether it's with the Chiefs or it's another team who's up and coming. And they want him for the next three years. Two
1: Super Bowls on his resume.
2: Sammy Watkins Watkins is not done getting paid in this league. No, 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 no. Because I do believe when the Chiefs do get back in the playoffs, he's going to ball out again. Yep. And you're talking about three straight playoff stints for a, while, a wide receiver that's still very much
3: in his 20s.
1: In his prime. Only, he's
3: going to get paid. My only question about Sammy Watkins, can he stay healthy enough to to make it to the playoffs? If like, any, if just, any like, year of his career, pressure. this
1: is the year to prove that he can stay healthy. So he's going to have to. Because I, I know
3: last year he struggled with an injury, the year before he struggled with an yeah. injury, the year before that he struggled. Mm-hmm. With, so can he stay healthy enough to make it to the playoffs?
1: That's impossible, sure. no. But yeah, I mean, I think he's gonna be more motivated than ever this year to yeah. to show that he can stay healthy, take care of his body. Sometimes freak things has happened. He's had a couple of those. Sammy, Sammy Watkins year. is
2: one of the hardest athletes
1: yeah. to figure out.
2: I think we all can agree with that. And him being so close to us in our city, it almost frustrates you because you want to understand him better. Well, you want to know a, why his yeah. body breaks down and the way it does. Yeah. If you
1: are a betting man, you are betting on him to get hurt. But yeah, yeah, I, I
2: do. I think I yeah. think we can safely assume that that Sammy's gonna miss five to seven games a season. That's just how it goes with him. I don't know how to explain that, but why I'm so excited and quite frankly, I'm totally okay with him being back on a one year know when we need him is because you know. Like you ask, can he be healthy for the playoffs? I don't know, but I do know that he will be healthy in the playoffs. He always is, and he balls out in yep. the playoffs. That is one thing you could set your watch to is Sammy Watkins doing his job on the biggest stage under the brightest lights against the best competition. Richard Sherman is a Hall of Fame cornerback still playing high level football, yep. and Sammy Watkins made and him he was his bitch. That shit. He was practicing social distancing (laughs) on February 2nd, 2020 against Richard Sherman. Shook his shit. Shook his shit. Richard Sherman is still looking for Sammy Watkins. He lost him in the dust. (laughs) He wanted to put a GPS tracker on Sammy's ass. (laughs) And he couldn't get him because he couldn't reach him from six feet away.
1: shook his ass too.
2: (laughs) Couldn't even sneeze (laughs) on him and cause a problem. I'm telling you, man. Sammy is the guy that this team needs. I I said it. Um, a, a few weeks ago when we had Ken on the show, a concern I had was if and when Sammy was to leave and depart, the Chiefs have a gaping hole at yeah. that position, not just because of Sammy, because of the yeah. style. Yep. A guy who can beat press coverage. That's not that's not Tyreek Hill's strength. I don't even know if Demarcus Robinson has strengths. I don't know fast. what Nicole Hartman's going to be, other yeah. than he's just lightning quick yeah. and can make highlight real plays. But can he beat a guy who's pressing him at the line of scrimmage? Mm. We know Sammy can. He's done it throughout his career. He's strong, man. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's this enigma because he gets hurt a lot, but he's also very physical.
3: You know he's, what I mean? He's so, a really good player when he's healthy. Like, yeah. there's no debating that. You know, like, you can say he's, if he went healthy, he can potentially be a top 10 wide receiver. Yeah. Absol- he's no got talent. top 10 talent. Yes. He's absolutely got top 10 talent. It's just like injuries, injury after injury. That's really just, it. it's yeah. just hurting his career, but he's a top tier wide receiver. He's, we can't
2: just elite talent. forget about that. He's got that, elite you know? talent.
1: Yeah.
3: I feel good. About, I mean,
1: I'm still, this is the,
2: this was the off season I wanted. Yeah. Like selfishly. Like, yeah, I guess we don't need loud. Yeah. We, don't we need... love the off seasons like 2019, where you go and get a Tyron Matthew, go right. and get a Frank Clark. That's yeah, obviously that. exciting to talk about. And quite frankly, it gives us more to talk about. Mm. But when you go and see them going get an Antonio Hamilton and a Reamer and, and guys like that, like, it isn't exciting, those are glue guys, but you know that a team doing those types of making those types of acquisitions yep. means they're already in a position where those are the only guys they need. Yeah, the Chiefs are going out there and they're doing it the way grocery shoppers should, looking at you guys go mm-hmm. get what you need, not what everybody else is wanting or needing, so not paper, hoarding. You know paper. what I mean? I'm off my political soapbox. The point is, is that. Chiefs fans, I want you to understand this for a second. I'm not trying to sit here and say that it's going to be an easy path. Because if we know anything about the NFL, it is unpredictable as fuck. And it is difficult as fuck to win Super Bowls. Ask the Chiefs. They They only won one in 50 years. We're in a position, though, where it is their Super Bowl to lose. That's what I want you guys to understand. The Chiefs, like Trevor said, are in prime position. And the standards change. Now... We are in a position as a fan base where we expect championships. We expect playoff success. Coach Reed expects it. Do not feel guilty for that. And the team knows that. That's why they're retaining all their assets the way that they are because they know this is their time to do that. You cannot predict or project the next three to five years. You can only handle what's in front of you. And the Chiefs know they are in prime position. Could this go on for another 10 years? Yes, it absolutely could. But can you sit here and say, let's build for 10 years? No, you build for now. That's why I've been somebody who has said all along, keeping Chris Jones is a dynasty move. You get him on a three- to five-year deal, you're building a team that is better equipped and better prepared to win now. Yes, you can go and get draft picks for him, and they could pan out. But that is a risk I'm not willing to take as a fan with the mentality that it should be shared with the team, and I do believe it's shared with the team, of winning right now. Patrick Mahomes is not even 25 years old, but they are in a win-now mode. The Chiefs are in one of the most unique situations we have ever seen in sports where you have the best player and the best coach in their leagues together. It doesn't happen very often. Let's enjoy the shit out of this, man. I know it's crazy right now. The world's going nuts and things are wild. But, man, we got some shit to look forward to. I hope you guys don't think 2019 was just this one-off thing, man. We are just fucking getting started. Be excited, guys. We're going to take a quick break. Actually, we're getting right to the Monday Mailbag.
3: Mid Coast Modern is a Kent City focus on modern handmade and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers artists from the Mid Coast and bring in goods from makers artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection.
1: Mail time. Mail time.
3: The mail's Mail time.
1: here.
2: It is time for the Monday Mailbag. We do this every single week. We post it on our Facebook group, The Spoken. Uh, we give you guys the opportunity on every Monday and throughout the entire week to give us your questions, your discussions, your debates, your topics, whatever you guys have, you send to us, and we discuss it on air on the show like we do every single week. So we want to, ahead of time, thank you guys for participating on that. So no no further ado, Eddie Ortiz, what is on the Monday Mailbag oh this week, man. my guy?
3: First we got uh, good old Donny Couch. It,
2: it, it is Don, not Monday Mailbag without Donnie, Donnie Couch. Couch. Sure. Donnie. we've
3: established that. Him and Billy Hogg.
2: Yes, you know, exactly.
1: He, old, love, old I love the, love the profile pick, by the way, buddy. I'm yeah. a big, I'm a big Halloween fan. So.
3: Yeah. Um, I really love this question. Uh, it goes, uh, "What's up, guys? It's your local toothpaste enthusiast." <laughs> yeah. He gave us an update too, by the yeah. way. He did give us an update, so holding he's, it out, Donnie. Keep it going, brother. He says, and I was looking at George Brett's uh, career stats, and I was surprised that he's near the top in most of them, and he got me thinking as to where he ranks the most, among the best in baseball. Huh. What do you guys rank him? Mm. Um, that's really <laughs> tough to say because baseball, with all the positions, it,
2: it, it's tough to say because basketball is an easier sport to, to rank players individually. Yeah. Um, with baseball though, because you have to consider pitchers, um, relief pitchers, yeah. uh, catchers are always tough to decide on. If, if I'm going off of like just position players alone, George Brett to me is one of the 25 greatest players that have ever played. The reason why is because he's doing he did things in an era that I fe- I don't want to say it was more difficult because it wasn't, but baseball was more more of a popular sport and more watched. And I feel like a lot of America's talent was in baseball more than it is today. Yeah. So he, I feel like he was almost going against better competition, at least from a national standpoint, Those
1: 80s Yankees teams a were, lot of guys yeah. from
2: like, a lot of guys from like Cuba and Venezuela and places like that are starting to come in more and more as the years go on. So maybe from a global aspect, he was, fa- he wasn't facing better competition, but he was facing the best of America's competition. Yeah. And he was raking. The dude batted almost 400 in a season.
1: Never cheated the game either. Do you understand how
2: difficult that is? (laughs) The dude led baseball in batting average in three different decades. The only player to ever do that. George Brett, I truly believe if George Brett would have played for a bigger market, if he'd have played in Philadelphia, New York, Boston, L.A., he would be revered with all the greats. He'd be up there with Cal Ripken Jr., who ironically put on the East Coast. He'd be up there with
1: Derek Jeter. The publicity the East alone. coast yeah.
2: he'd, he'd be up there with the Mike Trouts. I know Mike Trouts probably a better overall player, yes. but from recognition standpoints, he would have been up there with those guys. Yeah. And it it, it it shows you how great he was because we're still talking about him. The dude hasn't played in 30 years. So that's the point is that if you want to ask me by position players, I, I would definitely put George Brett in my top 25 of all time.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not the best person to ask baseball stuff because I'm not the biggest baseball guy, but definitely top 25 for me, I, no doubt. I mean, he's the guy who was he dominated his like you said that era, a lot of great teams in that era, and he he was one of the best players in that time. So, no reason not to keep him not to keep him in the top 25 all time. And he almost murdered it up. Yeah. Oh, that's One of the, the most
2: famous baseball yeah, balls ever. Absolutely. Matt murdered that up. If they would not have stopped George Brett, he would have ran through that motherfucker. That mother blow-up
1: was epic, dude.
2: George, George Brett wanted to kill somebody yeah. that day. It was the biggest bullshit rule ever, and they ended up re, uh, recanting it, too, yeah. because they're saying that the pine tar was too far for to the bat. Yep. If anybody out there, please help me, because I played baseball my entire life, and I was actually pretty decent, by the way, just throwing that out there. <laughs> pine tar does not make the ball go further. It actually makes the ball go further. Not
1: further. Yeah.
2: Because it sticks. it sticks. So when it hits the ball and it sticks, <laughs> it doesn't make it go farther. So these dumbass umps that you guys saw the using in the video, That's... they literally put the bat across the plate to see how far the pine tar. Went. That was an yeah. unprecedented move. <laughs> now, I don't blame Billy, uh, the, the, owner, the manager for the Yankees. I forget his last name, Billy Martin. Mm. I don't blame him for, for questioning it. And it did pan out for them at that time. But for the love of God, guys, how do we not understand that pine tar does the opposite effect of making the ball go further? It does not help Brett at all. And that's why baseball ultimately said, yeah, let's go ahead and quietly sweep that one of the car because it didn't work out for us because it didn't
3: make any fucking sense. He almost
2: killed one of us, too. All
3: right. Uh, up to the <laughs> Don't next-
2: ask George Redford uh, autographs either. Do yeah. not do that. Why? Because he will say "fuck you." Oh, hell yeah. So Donnie,
1: him and King Griffey both. Yeah, just
2: throwing out there, Donnie. So Donnie,
3: ask him? is that what you're saying?
2: Ask him. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> I'm serious. You can ask any of your lawnmower guys or any of your dudes so at Quick dip? Trip that are over the age of 50. Like, hey, uh, do you remember George Brett? Oh, God, I can't stand George Brett. They, everybody's got a story. Everybody in Kansas City has a story about George Brett that's over the age of 50.
1: As I a Kansas swear. Kansas City celebrity. Test
2: man. it out this week. Anybody that's listening or watching the show, go into Kansas City, just some random place. Everybody's shut down right now, but maybe text your uncle. I'm going to call George. Text your uncle. <laughs> text your uncle in Kansas City. Yeah, call George. Hey, Jorge, what's good? We're on a first-name basis, oh, and George. it's Spanish.
3: First name, yeah. No,
2: call, call your uncle or call your dad or somebody that's in their late 40s or 50s. And ask them their experience with George Brett. I guarantee they have a story. I got five on it. I guarantee I'll give you five bucks if they don't have a story. I won't give you five bucks. But Next question. Trevor, I'll give you five bucks. No.
3: All right. So th- no. this question is a little outdated, but I'm still going to read it anyways. Mm. Uh, this question is from Lance Tim. I don't and like your name.
1: <laughs> it's weak. It's a weak name. This
3: question is, obviously, Chris Jones' talk is hot. I think we're better trading him. And chances brilliant, brilliant comes back. Hmm. haven't heard anything, but I'm not on Twitter. And Breland Speaks, can he produce? Well, we
2: already know that Breland is coming back.
3: Uh, to answer the question, the last question
2: about Breland, I do believe Breland can produce because he was by far the best corner on this you said team. Breland speaks. Breland speaks. Oh, Breland Speaks. I said yeah, your Schaffer, favorite I'm player. Sorry. Your favorite player. Okay, let me revise all of that. that. Uh, to answer the question about Breland Speaks, hell no. I have no faith in Breland Speaks. Uh, I remember I was at Shaggy Shane's house with Clay Windler. And we watched the draft, and Shane decides to come sit, stand up next to the TV and record Clay and I as the draft was about to go. The draft pick was about to go down because the Chiefs should trade it up. And it was in the second round. And I remember just thinking, oh, my God, please let this be a good player because I do not want to cuss on Shane's video because he's going to want us to be happy, and it's going to be like this. Yeah, and, and, and it didn't because we heard – Breeland speaks, and Clay and I just... And you, there's yeah. the video's out there still. I you can find that. And I we're just kind of... It. And Clay, like, puts his hands up, and <laughs> I said some stupid pun about, like, I guess that speaks volumes. Uh, I was very upset with Brett Veach at that time because, I'm like, holy shit, this is the best this guy could do is trade up for some unknown player. Let's hope this is some dude that Rough. really becomes something out of nothing because... That happens in the that draft, and there's draft. guys that get undrafted. They end up becoming really good players. Yeah,
3: that whole draft was just fucking nonsense.
2: And it was bad. It was so bad. Um, so to answer your question, no, I have absolutely zero faith that Breland Speaks is going to become anything on this team. In fact, I would be more confident that Breland Speaks get cut gets cut this off season that actually becomes a player of of contribution, if you will. I mean, he can make the lead, he can make the team. I'm not expecting anything from Breland Speaks. I have no faith in that at all uh the first question though was um that he was chris at-
1: jones christian Ch- uh, chris-
3: chances uh brilliant comes back and then chris jones chris jones are, he's uh, he's pretty much just saying that he thinks we're we're better off trading chris oh jones, okay so. that's fair okay right, So,
1: sure. what's your thoughts uh i'm, I'm yeah i i'm just gonna address the business speaks one um If we're talking about producing, yeah, maybe in a food eating contest, hot dog eating contest. Yeah, we'll get plenty of production there. (laughs) We know the guy likes to put on the poundage. So I don't know. Um, He's heartless. We haven't heard anything about him. Honestly, it's so quiet. I don't even, sometimes I forget he's on this team still. Uh, He got hurt last year, obviously. So I don't know. I keep saying obviously. It's driving me nuts. I'm sorry, guys. Um, It's obviously driving me nuts, too. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to expect uh, with him um, moving forward. I think he has a place on this team. I do think he has some talent. I just don't know where his place is on this team. Like I said, I think he has a place, but I don't. I don't know where it is. I think Spags might like him. I've heard Spags talk good about him, uh, but we know he's gained a lot of weight over the past. I don't know if that's a, if that's on purpose. If they want to use him more in the interior to you know be more of a run-stuffing type guy. I know he's strong. I know he's a a a, a decent athlete. He's, he was undeserving of the the draft capital that he received, but I I mean I would love I would love I would love to see him be a surprise. That I mean all of us Chiefs fans would love that because he's on the cheap right now, you know, and he 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 can earn some money elsewhere. I always want to see the best for the players, um, but we just haven't seen it yet, so I can't really grade him on what I, or you know. Calculate my expectations for what I think he's going to do for this team. I would love to be surprised and see Bridland Speaks become a name for the for the Chiefs franchise, and then maybe go get paid elsewhere. So yeah, as far as his production, what he's going to produce, I I have no idea, but I I have I hope he can do something with his career. All
3: right, uh, next question. I've, actually, next two questions come from. Billy Hodge. Oh, yeah. Billy. We got Donnie and Billy on the same one. I yeah. love it. Usually,
2: like it's almost like they take turns. You yes. guys have shifts? <laughs> oh, how are we doing this? Billy. You guys are essential staff. You do understand that, right? <laughs> we have essential staff in the spoken. You guys are definitely on that list. So, yeah. All right. His first question is, how would you grade the off season so far? A fucking plus, baby. A fucking plus. Look, I don't mean to sound overly optimistic here, but like I've already said on the show, uh, previous episodes and tonight, This is exactly what I wanted from this offseason. I think the Chiefs know the position they're in and they understand that they're on a verge of the dynasty and all they need to do is continue to build around their superstar core. They know that... I think personally Patrick Mahomes is not going to get his extension this offseason yeah. with everything that's going on, the craziness that's happening with the chief salary cap structure, with the fact that they have to try to figure out a way to, to either move Chris Jones or sign Chris Jones. I think there's just too much going on for Patrick Mahomes to feel comfortable in himself. And quite frankly, the next CBA, this the CBA that's going to be in motion. He's going to make even more money, especially if they get to another Super Bowl, or at least an AFC championship. He's got to factor all that in. Um, but this was everything I wanted this off season to this point. I would like and in a perfect world scenario, I would like to see Chris Jones on a long-term deal, but knowing that he's going to be a chief this off this season, at least to this point, gives me uh, a lot of peace. And guys, this is the first time I can remember where the Chiefs could legitimately just take the best player available and it wasn't a cliche. You know, a lot of times you hear yeah. teams like say, we're just going to take the best team. And you're like, yeah, yeah, of course yeah. you would say that. Literally, of course that. you're going to say, no, the, this is literally the position the Chiefs are in. And that guy has me so excited because that means there's going to be some guy of extreme value that falls in the draft. If the Chiefs, if and when they trade back, even if they stay at 32, there's going to be a guy that falls and it's like, oh my God, how did this guy fall back? The one I can always think of that I always play that back. Uh, an instance where the Chiefs had a similar situation was in 2011 with Justin Houston. First-round talent, but got caught with some weed, and all of a sudden he falls two rounds. And the Chiefs, he just fell in the Chiefs' lap. And then he becomes this superstar player for a short amount of time, and he's one of the greatest Chiefs defenders of all time. Yeah, I could see that type of thing happening again. Only difference is the Chiefs are an astronomically better franchise from nine years ago. Hmm. So this a freaking plus man i'm telling you this is this i really hope cheese fans in and the, in the insanity of what's going on in our real lives i really hope cheese fans are excited because this team truly is running it back they really have the key nucleus and like i said none of these guys are out of their primes yeah. and they're on prove it deals yeah. be excited man cuz cuz patrick mahomes is essentially on a prove it deal right now right. cuz if he does even better and takes the team well, to the his same ass. place yeah cut his ass if he doesn't do it you know what i mean like, you always find another quarterback you know <laughs> yeah, I'm sure uh, Jay Cutler's available or I'll something. Take, I'll yeah, take Derek yeah, yeah. Carr. Smoking
1: Jay Cutler's out there. <laughs> I'm
2: going to block you on Twitter for that, Eddie. <laughs> that's the point, man. Be excited, dude. I'm telling you, this is a great off season, guys. It really is. You know I'm the pessimist. Yeah. And I'm stoked. Like, you can't see it in my shirt, but these things are nipping right mm. now. I'm telling you, man. And it's not because I'm just wearing the girl, golden girl shirt. Yeah. Be Arthur, man. I'm telling you, she's loving this right now.
1: What do you yeah, think, Trey? Uh, A-plus for me as well. And just to piggyback off that, yeah, I mean – The the Chiefs are doing something that hasn't been done since 2001 Patriots. And what better mold to follow outside of the cheating? Um, There you go. You know, that was the beginning of the dynasty for the Patriots. This feels similar, you know, to us birthing a, a dynasty here, um, you know, bringing back the 20 of the 22 starters of the Super Bowl, um, defending champs, uh, bringing back the core and the nucleus of the guys that guy had done for us. Um, so, yeah, A-plus as far as, you know, keeping those pieces around and Veach sticking to his guns and sticking to his word and doing what he said. Um, I'm excited about going – I've never been – I don't think I've ever been more excited – uh, going into a draft because it, obviously, well, I mean, we, we've been excited going to the draft thinking that we were gonna <laughs> fuck you, fuck, <laughs> fuck you, uh, you um, yeah. So, anyways, outside of us always <laughs> yeah. wanting to draft a quarterback, we finally did that. Now we have our quarterback, it's nice, and now we can focus on you know building the team elsewhere. We haven't really had, had that, really. Um, so, this is this is nice. Heading into no, we can like you said, we can take in the best guy available at whatever position we feel is the the, the as far as the biggest talent and the value in that in that spot wherever we land, um, whether we trade back or not. Um, so yeah, man, a plus as far as keeping the core around uh, and and our GM, you know, showing you know he's a man of his word and, and and building the trust with not only the fans but the front office as well. All
3: right. Great question, Billy. His next question is, what running back makes a team?
2: Uh, as far as current guys that are on the team right now, I think I'm with Craig. I, I do believe that they're going to have four running backs on the yep. t- on the roster just because of the way they use running backs. I, I would say if there was an odd man out, though, it's probably going to be Darrell Williams because I do know that the Chiefs really like Darwin Thompson and he's he is a fan favorite. That does factor in when you're talking about guys who are, are fringe players, if you will. Um, but I do, I think all of them are going to make it. I don't think the chiefs are going to draft the running back. I definitely, even if they get seven picks in totality, I don't think they take a running back unless somebody who's just incredible falls. It it just with, with the moves, like I said, Deandre Washington, uh, Damian Williams being retained. I just, I think they're good. I mean, they just won a super bowl as the 27th ranked team or 23rd ranked team in rushing yards last season. Yeah. I think they're fine. I, I really don't think that there's any pressure to make any drastic decisions or moves. I think they're they're good with what they have.
1: Yeah, uh, the odd man out would definitely be Darrell Williams, I think, just because uh, – I, I do think they all make it, but I'm saying if I had to choose one, they would uh, probably be Darrell Williams, but – just for shits and gigs. I think they're gonna bring CJ Spiller back and, <laughs> and then cut him right before, you know, right before the season starts. Just I
2: just got a text from yeah. my source. Uh, the Chiefs have released uh, okay. CJ Spiller. Okay, so yeah, he'll
1: he'll pray he'll be back. <laughs> he'll, he'll be back and then we'll cut him again, you know, for you stay tuned. So developing. Yeah, outside of CJ Spiller, you know, making his his, his you know his yearly appearance and then uh, departure. Uh, I, I think there's Chiefs fans <laughs> that still don't get that joke. Like, I know I'll, I'll tweet that out and they're like, uh, that was <laughs> CJ hasn't been on this team in like four years, bro. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, the Anthony Thomas Thomas also coming back, and we're going mean, to cut him too.
2: But you're, you're ruining it. Yeah, like, I, I actually,
1: I actually love outside of maybe drafting a stud that we feel like that maybe falls to us in the draft. Like I asked Craig about um, outside of that happening, I think I like this running back room. I think all of these guys are prototypical uh, uh, running backs for Reed's offense because we were the worst rushing team heading into the playoffs, and we won the goddamn Super Bowl. So I don't know what else to tell you. If we, if we even have, have an inkling of, of, of you know, progress in this rushing offense. We won the Super Bowl with the worst heading into the postseason. So if there's any any inch of progress, that's only good, right? So uh, I think with, with uh, obviously, Damian Williams was hurt. Uh, we had we had the shell of McCoy last year. So that's obviously improvement with DeAndre Washington replacing him. Who I like DeAndre Washington actually a lot. I think he's really good in the passing game. He's actually he throws some really good blocks. Uh, and I think I think we will see Darwin Thompson uh, grow as a player, who I like. Actually, a lot. Uh, I think he actually could be a really good player. And he's actually uh better short ru- ru- short yardage running back than we actually give him credit for. Um, he's actually shown that he can throw some blocks as well. So I think Reed, given this scrappy group of guys, um, we'll we'll be fine with this, crew, with this core of running backs. I'd keep Darwin just for a six-pack alone. Have you guys
2: seen that guy? That kid is stacked, he's like he was, he was like a test tube baby. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like a, a sculpture. He's like a roided-up Teletubby dude. Yeah, <laughs> you know like those Greek gods when they're like saying, like, hey, if I saw Darwin Thompson... He was spray painted like that clay color. I would I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I just keep walking, in. there's another statue. He's like, a, he's like
1: a mini Khalil Mack out there running. the It's football. insane, man. Yeah.
2: Dude's awesome. Yeah, yeah like so, that's that's where I think it's at. So great yeah. questions, Billy. So that that is it for Bundy uh, Mailbag. Oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> wait a second. Now wait a second. I heard there's a rumor that another question was asked, and I think we need there's to ask little the fucker that snuck in Yeah, there. let's 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 get that question, Eddie. You're trying to be all sneaky. Been in you know your fucking quarantine on your log cabin in the sea. Why don't you go ahead and ask a the question? Take a break from your Pornhub to put a question. Yeah, exactly.
3: In there. <laughs> <laughs> Was your OnlyFans glitch up or what happened, <laughs> dude? What, what's pretty the what? Uh, it comes from uh, actually, uh, I guess, our top fan. Oh. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Slack uh, moderator. Two of my poems. Uh, yeah. We give him an hour on
2: the show every week. The
3: MVP of the show. There you go. Much. That's what I like. See, you're giving yourself some credit now. What's up? <laughs> He says, Did you guys miss me like a missed jaw
1: mm.
2: Bro, we cried every segment. Like when it was over, we'd take a second and
1: like no. cuddle up. No, we didn't.
2: <laughs> it was bad. That never like, happened. And you got to think of the risks we're taking like social distancing is a real thing. We were still <laughs> crying and holding each other because we didn't have your ass here, man. Oh, damn it. Ask Gat. It yeah. was it was that bad. It and was I'm really out that here, bad. Not
3: there. Fuck yeah. it,
2: I mean, look at this. Look how much happier Lance is right now. I'm speaking in third person. Like, look how much happier oh, I'm smiling all night because you're just here, man. Yeah, I was dead inside when
1: you weren't here. I'm alive. I'm alive. Bro. We were listening
2: to my chemical romance every night. Black Parade oh, was on repeat, bro. Just letting you know. So, to answer your question, we fucking missed, Yeti. Thank you for being back. Oh, so, shit. Thank you, everybody, for the Monday mailbag. We definitely appreciate you guys every single week. It is our my favorite segment. I'm lying. It's my second favorite segment because we have our favorite segment coming up right now. What's it called, guys? Hold this L. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. The who,
1: the her.
2: I'm talking like Caps Lock, L-L-L-L-L-L-L. l l cool J style. Now hold that L. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, <U-ba>. pulsating L. <laughs> man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was great. I'll hold Hold this L.
2: To you guys, it's actually hold this L. That's our favorite segment that we do every single week because I feel like there are some much deserved and obvious uh, L's that we need to hand out every single week. And this week was actually, despite the fact that that sports have been on a complete dead stop, there were some L's to be handed out this week, some juicy ones. So let's go ahead and start with our guy, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo himself, Eddie Ortiz. Who's holding the L this week, Eddie?
3: My L is going to go to none other than Dana White. Damn it!
1: Like it. That's my L. Like uh, it.
3: We're sharing
2: this he, L,
1: Eddie. Yeah.
3: All right. He kept he kept swearing up and down that he was going to do everything in his power to to keep on having UFC pay per view going on. Uh, was it this earlier this week? He even said that uh, he was about two days away from securing a We're private be pumping item. out fights. Yes. Yeah securing a, a private island so, so called com- this so event.
1: confident. Mortal uh, Kombat. Dude, I but was on oh, my body. Apparently, it.
3: somebody high up in Disney told him, "Hey, you need I to Disney. You need to stand down and this
1: can't happen." So, do <laughs> uh, you want to add something Trevor? I just I'm so I was mad, dude, cuz I wanted it to happen <laughs> so bad because I'm a, I'm a big UFC. I love UFC and I was so ready for just something. I love the idea of the Mortal Kombat uh reenactment yes. like it was perfect he had like 12 fighters mortal kombat 2 had 12 fighters it was like it was just i was ready for it, man he was, he was he was balling up and getting an island and, and building a, a you know a yes. little uh little gymnasium to throw the have the fights and just have the ring people and I, I don't see the big issue with it but i guess you know they could just test everybody make sure everybody's clean the people that they had in there i don't see the big deal i was so ready for it he seemed so confident he had my balls pumped I was ready for it, man. So I, I, yeah, I was. I'm more bummed than anything. Like, I know why are you
2: pumping my brother's balls? What he's doing, man.
1: (laughs) I was get, ready, Get he are, away, dude. Go yeah. so, back
2: to Norfolk. Like, what the hell are you doing?
1: Uh, but yeah, he, he seemed so confident, man. I was bought he was in, was dude. Confident. I was bought in, I thought it was gonna happen. All of a sudden, no, not yeah, happening. Of, so yeah, of course, not. we all knew it wasn't
3: gonna happen. It just couldn't happen. Yeah, I was gonna say, you it guys just, really bought into this. I, I, I did, not you know
2: what it's called? It's called free publicity right now. Well, I don't know why the world I, of sports. I really way on.
1: I honestly don't really understand why it couldn't happen. I don't know why. I mean, the
2: lawsuits that would be amounting. Like, look, look at the
3: whole situation with Khabib.
2: But. Just, ima- just but imagine a contained if,
1: thing. On, just imagine, let's say,
3: because obviously people don't show sim there's some people that don't show symptoms Yeah, but you can still get tested for it. Of, yeah, you can get tested for yeah. it and, and stuff like that. But by the time you get there, and get tested, you
1: probably already spread it up to to all right. like and what happens if, what fired. happens
2: if one of their main card
1: you know fighters tests positive. Well, that's what I'm saying. They would test everybody Your they card would test everybody before they even have the fights. I, I get that, scheduled. but, but if, I, if
2: they're already announcing stuff like with the whole Khabib situation Khabib voiced his displeasure with what's yeah. going on. He has no idea where the fights are going to happen. The truth is yep. Dana
1: White has it, and it's affecting his brain apparently. <laughs> well, so. it, It's not far from the truth because I don't know what
2: Dana White's been thinking other than just trying to grab publicity and getting headlines in a he's time like that. this. He is that. great at it. He's, but good in at bl- the meantime, he's good at
1: blaming everyone else but himself. Yeah. So, yeah.
3: so Dana White, you're going to have to
1: hold this L. L.
3: Yeah. Well, a, since
2: you guys decided yeah. to have the same L, I'm going to give out a couple L's. Because there are some good ones.
1: Some good ones. They're
2: good. They're E They're good. They're that good. Um, so I'm going to start this with... Pungent. Um, you guys remember just a couple years ago, we, we talked about a, a genius young coach in L.A. Um, by the name of Sean McVeigh. And yes, that just rhymed. And... We 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 thought that they were on a trajectory of greatness and they were gonna continue that trajectory. Well, if you watch the Rams in 2019, that's not exactly what happened. And they made some extremely you think the Chiefs have been aggressive? They're fucked. Go look at the Rams. They they're on the verge of having five straight seasons without a first-round pick. Stuck with Jared Goff. I, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's ever happened before. I don't know if a team's gone five straight years yeah. without a first-round pick intentionally, but they have traded away all their assets for one player here and signed a, one player who's out of his prime for mega deals like a and Sue. They have made a ton of risky decisions and it almost paid off, but it ultimately didn't. Well, I have some stats here I want to show you guys because I don't know if you guys have seen the shit that their salary – and it's a shit, Eddie. Thank it's, you a for shit. It. it's a shit. It's a shit. According to Warren Sharp of Sharp Football, the Rams are spending $74 million so they can have Jared Goff – And not Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks on their roster. Not them. They're eating 38 million in dead cap between Gurley, who has 20.2, and Cooks, who has 17.8. And they're spending 36 on 36 million on cap hits just for Goff, which is number one in the NFL. I don't know if you guys knew this. Jared Goff's not great. (laughs) He's not great. You're shocked. And you're spending 36 in cap hits. And he has lost two of his biggest weapons. Goff.
1: Yeah. Yep.
2: That's it. Yep. That's all I need to say. Rams, do me a favor and hold, hold this L. L.
1: You're in purgatory, boys and girls. They still do have a couple good receivers, though. Robert Woods and, and, and Cooper Cuppard. Neither one of them are number one receivers. They're though. both better than Brandon Cooks.
2: Obviously. <laughs> I'm
1: going to stay in the NFL with this one. We
2: already have been shitting on Bill O'Brien for weeks now for trading DeAndre Hopkins. That in itself could be a weekly L that we give out and because it, it's still so relevant and still so puzzling. Well, the Texans decided to take a step up this week <laughs> because they not only traded DeAndre Hopkins, but now they go and trade the 57th overall pick that you could take a top tier wide receiver for pennies on the dollar for Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, who's had six concussions in five years. One trick pony. Let me say that again a guy who's had six concussions. In five years, you trade the 57th overall pick for and make room because you don't want to pay DeAndre Hopkins. Did I just tell you guys what the cap hit was on Brandon Cooks? You're essentially paying Brandon Cooks the money you could have given DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, and
1: who's their number two receiver? Will Fuller? Will Fuller. Also a guy that cannot stay on the field. Here's a funny thing.
2: <laughs> Good uh, luck, guys. Uh, uh, Ian Rappaport, one of the best reporters out there, posted something yesterday, and I almost laughed out loud at it, and I immediately went to work. He named off all the star, the, 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 the star players on the offense now for the Texans. Kenny Stills. De- Deshaun Watson, Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Dave, uh, Duke Johnson, and David Johnson. Yeah. And, uh, and Wells. uh, yep. uh the, the tight end. The yeah. tight end,
1: yeah. He's a good player. So
2: check this out. Amongst those eight players, they've missed 64 combined games since 2017. Hmm. That is literally half a season per player.
1: Yeah, Will Fuller can never finish a season. Eight
2: <laughs> players, eight games per season. Those guys are missing, and that's who they're building on? Yeah. Deshaun Watson is gone the moment he can get out of. They Houston. got Randall Cobb, didn't
1: they? Yes, they got. Yeah, that. So that's the eighth player. I Randall apologize. Cobb too, yeah.
2: Randall Cobb, who's also an injury-prone right. player, a
1: lot of times in his career, They're also older at this point. Yeah,
2: thirty-three years old. Yeah. Houston Texans, <laughs> do me a motherfucking favor and <laughs>
1: hold this L. Yeah, I can't wait to. I can't wait for that match.
2: Third and final L. This is the best one. I
1: love, and I love, I love a lot of
2: things and a love. lot of people on this planet. I love. I love. I don't know if I love anything more on social media than when Barry decides <laughs> to get his Y'all know Barry. in. Y'all know Barry Y'all know on Barry. Twitter. If you're, if you're on Twitter, you know Barry. And if you don't, you know him now because my guy Barry duped the entire world yesterday. <laughs> I was on Facebook probably around 11, 12 o'clock, and I started seeing people posting constantly sharing. every You know, once that one thing starts to go out there, everybody's sharing it, right? I saw this report, and I knew it was horseshit from the beginning, that Colin Kaepernick had agreed with, a de- agreed with the Jets for a one-year, $9 million deal. It's real. There was no way in hell it was real because I was listening to Colin Cowherd's show simultaneously. That would have led the show with as dire need as they have for news right now, especially Colin Ka- Kaepernick. That would have destroyed every other storyline out there. Coronavirus would have taken a backseat to that for at least a couple days. I guarantee you. And so I started doing some digging. And the first account I looked at was berries. It's like at <laughs> Super Tough Scene or something like that, or the Support the Troops or something. Trolly of troleys. He has like five man. different accounts right now. And what do you know? <laughs> he changed his profile picture as a. Re- I think he. Re- I think he made it as Ian port or whoever it was or Bleacher Report, and he got. So many verified accounts. I I recommend you guys go look this up. He has so many verified accounts that quote tweeted this. And were like, this is great news or this is bad news. And he duped news stations. Like I said, reporters, people who just didn't want to take the time to see who it was who was
1: reporting it. He's doing the Lord's
2: work. I, think he, even, I think he even pretended to be SportsCenter for a minute. Yeah. And had radio stations talking about it and shit afterward. He had the world duped. My guy, Barry congratulations and i'm going to give an l to every one of you that fell for that shit so for everybody that fell for barry's
3: tactics do me a favor and hold, hold this L. L. Hey, it uh, was so great. It was reported today. This is this is real that actually uh, Colin Kaepernick reached out to the Jets. I'm sure that invigorated him. He's like, yeah. hey, you know, that's not a bad it was idea. Because like, Colin Kaepernick asked him, and he was like, no, the Jets have never reached out to me. Right. But <laughs> and we're... so TMZ reported that yeah, I saw so that. Now, now Since
2: there's... there's fake news it's, out there, says, it like, yeah, it sounds trying... like TMZ was capitalizing yeah. on the opportunity. Maybe? Like, hey, hey, Colin, can we get you to confirm that you would reach out? Because <laughs> I read TMZ's article on that, and they were like, well, there's been no confirmation that Colin has reached out so it was clearly just clickbait because they were capitalizing I don't blame TMZ but that's all that simply was so damn it this was fun this is a good show. I'm glad we had the trio back. I'm glad we always have Gat here. This is the best, man. I'm telling you, this is despite the shit that we're dealing with in our society, in our world, we're still finding ways to have fun. Yeah. And we want to thank all of you guys for being a part of this, man. Because it's it. This is what we want to do. We want to have fun every single yeah, time. I totally
1: man. forgot my car was totaled today. Totally forgot about that.
2: <laughs> or, or, or that my mechanic left my uh, oil cap off of my car, and there was slush yeah, literally damn, everywhere.
1: 2020.
2: It it's been a great <laughs> year so far, obviously. <laughs> this so. Yeah, man, episode, man we're, we're coming about on 60 episodes, 60, yeah. 60 freaking episodes, man. This thing has flown by. Guys, we don't know when sport's going to be back. We have no idea, but we're going to be here. I know that. We're going to be doing this show every single week like we always do, like clockwork. I'm telling you guys, you can always rely that we're going to be here and talking about whatever we can come up with because that's what we're here to do. Get your mind off this. Get our minds off it, quite frankly, because this is therapy for us, man, and, and I really appreciate you guys being a part of this. So for anybody that's – whether you're listening every single week or you're watching now on YouTube, just I want to thank you guys. And If you have something you want to talk about, I encourage the voices out there to take this time and get creative. Definitely get creative. We're part of the Kansas City Podcast Network now, and this is a place in an umbrella where they want creative people. And if you are in that opportunity and a place where you want to start creating, man, start making stuff. Start getting out there, and if it were even if it ain't about sports, we have our younger brother who decided to establish his own podcast called Life's OK Podcast. They talk about general things in it's life. It's horrible. It's terrible. <laughs> but listen to it and support my brother, or I'm gonna have to just. Just, I'm gonna have to find you. It's <laughs> gonna be I'm gonna Liam and in this motherfucker. Just do it. But they, they talk, they, they do movie reviews, TV show reviews, video game reviews. I know that all you guys right now are doing nothing but all three of those right now. Yeah. So Definitely give them a listen. Like I said, KNC Podcast Network, guys, it's it's about to blow up. I think it's about to get real, and I hope you're going to stick with us uh, yeah. for the long term because we're just getting started, guys. Like I said, sixty episode, about to be 60 episodes in, and I feel like we're just in the first stretch. So it's going to be a blast. Again, thank you all for being here. For Eddie Ortiz, for Gat, for Trevor Twidwell, for Clay Windler, I am Lance Twidwell. This is The Spoken Podcast, episode 59,
3: and we're out of this bitch. Later. Fuck you, Carol Baskins.
2: We're gonna get bad at this bitch. Thank you so much for listening guys. See ya.
0: You are tuned into the spoke.
1: I might actually stick I might actually stick around for a little bit.